Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Where's tomorrow night? Uh, candidates from Utah's 4th Congressional District are expected to take to the debate stage up at the University of Utah ahead of this year's midterm election. Still waiting on all the candidates to confirm uh, who will be there and who won't. But most important, the conversation will happen. Uh, voters can expect to see January Walker of the United Utah Party on that stage. Uh, really thrilled to have uh, January joining us on the show for the first time. And uh, January, we, first, we applaud you for Getting in the ring, we know this is not an easy thing for anyone to do. So anyone who jumps in uh, gets an immediate point uh, on our show. And uh, really pleased to have you joining us today. Yeah, thank you so much, Boyd. Uh, it is certainly, uh, we'll call it a fun time in politics. <laughs> That's a very generous <laughs> term, January. We'll, we'll have to break that down another day. But uh, uh, let's start Let's start from the beginning, just as you kind of introduce yourself to voters, as you've been doing that around the 4th Congressional District. Just give us a, a little bit of the backstory, uh, and then why this race? Why now? Yes, so I this, this happened back in 2014 when... I really wanted and desired a, desired a candidate that would listen to us and talk with the people and take our feedback to Washington and recognizing that year after year, we just weren't receiving that. And I hit a point a few years ago where I realized if I wasn't willing to do this myself, then how could I expect other people to do the same? And so I finally decided to take the plunge and and uh, step up and, and be there for the kind of leadership I, I wanted to see for myself. Well, you have a background in the, the private sector, uh, product management and uh, taking things to market, uh, software development teams, all of those kinds of things. How has that impacted your lens in which uh, through which you view the political process and what your role would be in Congress? Yeah, so you are exactly correct. I essentially build multi-million dollar solutions to multi-million dollar problems. And I would say that business politics is actually far more complex than <laughs> government politics. Uh, but in in terms of, of what I would be taking, it would be the ability to analyze complex problems and take those solutions that come from that analysis directly to Congress. And then there's a couple other things I can share with you, but but that's the overall 
picture. Yeah. So as you uh, as you look at that um, and and look at this particular race in the fourth district, as you've been uh, traveling around the fourth district, talking to constituents and pot- uh, potential voters, what what's the sense that you're hearing? What do they want most uh, out of a representative? The thing that they want most, I, I I would say that it echoed my initial sentiments, which is somebody that listens to them, that champions them, their needs, and and takes those needs to Washington. They're they're very concerned about inflation. They're very concerned about water, and I think that they're also rightfully concerned that the leadership that we have today does not have the skill set to deliver meaningful solutions. Uh, and so as you uh, as you look at some of those areas uh, of emphasis, what uh, if you had to have a, a focus, there, there's so many complexities in Washington, so many shiny objects to chase. Uh, we know focus always precedes success. What would what would that laser focus be? What would it look like on that first day in office uh, in January of 2023? Laser focus in office. Uh for the first day, what what I would actually work on is um, the inflation issues. So by tying government spending essentially to the ability to track and trace where that money is going down to the very last penny, that's something that we can directly use to impact uh, the the amount of money that's going out to taxpayers, how much money is coming into the economy, and um, at the, the core of that, how that is impacting taxpayers. So I think that that would be my, my first laser focus. All right. And uh, as you've been uh, going around again, as you've been having some of those uh, campaign conversations, you've been trying to do this in a little different way in terms of how you raise money, uh, how you get your message out there. Describe that for us. Uh, Well, yes. Running as a third-party candidate is perhaps a little bit more difficult than running as a major-party candidate. And it has really been centered around being 100% people-funded, having no dark or questionable money in, in the campaign whatsoever, and looking towards new and innovative ways to, to raise those funds um, that, that can be tracked and traced back to, uh, we'll just call them like light and sparkly clean sources that, that people would be comfortable with it coming from. Yeah. Uh, I always ask this question of, of everyone who comes on the show uh, because politics is, is rough and tumble. It's a, it's a pain. It's exhausting. It's all of those things. Uh, and so the question is, uh, if you go through all of this process and all of the challenges and headaches that, that come with it, uh, what would make all of that worthwhile, even if you come up short on November the 8th? Hands down, it would be giving people hope that the way that things are today is not going to be the way things are in the future and that we can actually have measurable change and impact and representation that, that cares about us and puts us first and focuses on on our needs. All right. And then uh, finally, as you get ready for the debate tomorrow, we'll ask you your uh, debate preparation strategy. What are you going through? How are you actually preparing uh, to be on the debate stage tomorrow up at the University of Utah? Yeah, well, I've actually been preparing for these debates for months, um, going through analyzing uh, history of voting and going through what constituents actually need meaningful solutions. So something that you'll see from me that's different from other candidates is I focus more on solutions, uh, viable solutions, than just lobbying insults and sound bites at other people. So 
you'll you'll see a, a little bit different approach from from perhaps any other candidate in the nation. Uh, that's uh, that's a conversation we definitely want to have and, and get to those conversations. Uh, I'm going to sneak in one last question because I can. Uh, what, what is the one thing that has uh, has surprised you uh, the most in going through this process as a candidate? What have you learned? Ooh, I almost don't want to share this one. Um, <laughs> if you want to save this for the debate tomorrow, I'll, I'll give you a pass. <laughs> Well, 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 no. Like, so, so th- this one is is the thing that surprised me the most as a candidate. I I did initially believe that the news coverage would be more eager to to talk to candidates across the board, and that there would be more earned news media coverage, not just for myself, but but for everyone. But I understand that you know politics is exhausting these days, so you know maybe that shouldn't have caught me off guard and by surprise. Yeah. All right. Well, we appreciate you joining us today. We look forward to having you back on, and we wish you good luck tomorrow up on the stage at the University of Utah. Again, you can hear the debate live here on KSL News Radio, 6 p.m. tomorrow night. It's the fourth congressional district debate. And uh, we know January Walker will be on that stage, as well as Darling McDonald, still waiting to see uh, if Representative Burgess Owens will be on that stage as well. But January Walker, we applaud you being in the race and appreciate your perspective and the way you're approaching solving problems uh, for the people of the fourth districts. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you so much, Boyd. You have an amazing day. All right. Again, that's January Walker uh, from the fourth congressional race. She's the United Utah Party candidate, and uh, she'll do very well on the debate stage tomorrow. And again, you can hear that here at 6 p.m. on KSL News Radio. We'll step aside for one last commercial break. Some final thoughts coming up on Inside Sources. Stick around. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.